It's the Love Dubcast. I'm Johnny. He's Andy. Uh, last week, we had a lot of serious talk. We were dealing and, and you know discussing some really important issues, and those things have not gone away. Um, they're still impacting our community and, and our nation and all those things, and we don't want to pretend that they have. Um, but we also wanted to um, kind of live up to a promise that we made to, I think, introduce a little bit of levity and fun into the offseason, and I think maybe that's something that we could all use at this juncture in time so we're going to go back we we talked about this i think maybe in february or march and we said that we would do a podcast about sports movies because there's so much to discuss and given that you know players are kind of checking back into the woody and that was fun and you get to see all the pictures of them like you know getting back in there and doing workouts and stuff that's really great um there still isn't a ton of that kind of content going on so we want to use this opportunity to kind of discuss some things that are very near and dear to our hearts and and i look growing up in the 90s i think really the 90s was like a renaissance for crappy kids sports movies um there was just a glut of just ridiculous mass media uh, centered around pretty much any kind of sporting event you can possibly think of and directed towards kids. So I grew up with that and I watched, I can't tell you how many dozens of ridiculous um, kids sports movies over the years. And so that remained near and dear and entrenched in my soul and heart. And I'm sure Andy, you have many sports movies um, that you know you also love and have loved throughout the ages. I have been very much looking forward to movie night at the Dubcast. I, I yeah. think this may be, you know, the biggest episode of the year. And I laughed when you were <laughs> talking about the nineties, uh, as I was researching, you know, and kind of refreshing my memory of some of my favorite sports movies and, and thinking about some of the less than stellar sports movies out there, uh, to illustrate your point about the nineties, you may have forgotten this, but in 1996, Matt LeBlanc, best known as playing Joey from Friends, okay. starred in a movie called Ed about a monkey that played baseball. <laughs> I mean, like a chimpanzee. I do remember that movie. I do remember Ed. Baseball. Yeah. Yes. So that was totally a movie that happened. Yes. That was fantastic. I also remember George Murison was in a movie uh, about, I guess, basically himself. And I think Danny DeVito. I don't remember. Somebody short um they they like to do like the odd couple pairings and they also like to do the animal thing by the way we'll get to the animal thing i know anybody who knows anything about myself personally knows that i'm going to talk about a specific movie at some point in this podcast that will happen i promise um but yeah tons of animals dogs cats monkeys um i don't know children masquerading as other and, children and, they're just a and lot while of you may have liked air bud the original you know, how many sequels to Airbud did you need? And uh, <laughs> that was a cottage industry for for a number of years there. You know, like it was, it really was twenty seven different direct to video Airbud films. It's kind of like a Land Before Time situation, and yeah. I and I won't. Man, the Airbud saga is another. Like we could spend an entire podcast on that. I'm not going to, but I will say that it is part of a larger. Uh, what I would say, the biome, maybe niche of movies that are very unique and kind of have the a weird like adherence to certain norms within their genre, which is really <laughs> odd. And I again, we'll get to that later. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. So here's essentially how we're gonna do it. Okay, so 
I've divided this podcast up into two halves. Essentially, the first half is we're going to be focusing on football films um, because that's really kind of where the money's made and, and God knows we need the clicks and the listens. So we're going to focus on football to start off with. Then we'll transition into basically everything else. And I know that's a huge wide swath of things to cover, but for simplicity's sake, that's how we're going to do it. So for each of these sections, football and everything else, we're going to be discussing three movies apiece. The first movie is going to be the movie that we believe uh, to be the best, our, our favorite of that particular sport. The next movie we're going to discuss is our absolute least favorite of that sport. And then finally, because I think this is kind of something that I always think about, like even if the premise is super ridiculous, right? Sometimes the action of the sport can be notably good or bad, depending on you know who's directing it or how much they actually care about the sport that they're you know supposedly making a movie about. So we're going to talk about the movie that we think represents uh, or is the best representation of that sport. So best movie, worst movie, best representation of the sport. So Andy, I want to start off with I, I want to ask you actually, what is your favorite football movie? What is your favorite football movie of all time? Uh, so I had kind of a serious and a, a, a comedic answer to this Which question. Which is fair. You That's me, fine. Because they, it, then, you, then you told me that, uh, you know, like we need to pick. So if I, my gut react, like literally the first thing I wrote down, and I know you're going to roll your eyes or laugh or make fun. Varsity Blues is maybe my favorite football movie of all time. All right. Because I just think it's hilarious. Like I've, I think I've actually talked about on the dubcast before about yeah. Twitter and that I just... Con as Twitter is, I think, yes, I just think it's hilarious. Billy Bob rest his soul, you know, great, great characters. Uh, John Voight as the evil bastard in the film is, you know, pitch perfect. And I'm, I can just picture any number of uh, SEC type coaches or, or maybe Dabo <laughs> Swinney to pick a relevant coach, you know, filling the John Voight role at West Caden high school. I just think it's a hoot. My serious answer um, is, is remember the Titans. Like I am a okay. sucker for like the, the heartwarming, like leadership moment. Like we've gone through challenges and there's like a big success story at the end. Denzel Washington, um, you know, is, is fantastic. And oh, the name of his, um, his assistant coach in the film, the actor, Oh, I just drawn a blank on his name, name. but he, about. the two of them were fantastic together. I just thought their chemistry was excellent. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a great film. So those are my two picks for, for favorite football movies. Uh, I don't okay. know if you call those the, the best football films of all time, but two of my favorites, I could go back and watch them tonight and not feel a bit bad about how I spend my <laughs> evening. So I'm not going to, and I'm not going to hate on you. I mean, the, the point is, is that you're, you're picking your favorites. So not necessarily what you think is the best of all time, because that's so subjective. Like we can't, we can't figure that out. And I, here's what I'll say. Like, I really do like remember the Titans and it's, it's a movie that is, it's a Disney movie. It's clearly produced and made to tug at your heartstrings in a lot of ways, but it's, it's Denzel Washington. It's really, really hard to go wrong with Denzel Washington. And yeah, it's corny in parts because it's a Disney movie, but it, I, I'm with you, man. Like, I think it's a really great movie. I enjoy it a lot. Um, my biggest quibble though, with that movie is um, they go to Gettysburg, right? Like they're doing the training thing in Gettysburg. And they run out to the battlefield and at one, and Denzel Washington gives this big speech about like teamwork and like sticking together to accomplish things and blah, blah, blah. 
which is fine. But in the course of that uh, speech that he gives, he says that 50,000 people died at Gettysburg. And that is so completely wrong and annoyingly so for me as a history guy, because that is not the case. There are, now, and, and I know exactly how that error happened because the screenwriter looked up and did some research on Gettysburg and saw that there were 50,000 casualties and decided that that was the same thing as deaths. There was approximately seven to 8,000 deaths at Gettysburg, which is still massive, still, you know, biggest single, you know, death toll in, in a single battle in American history. But it's just, that's the one thing that takes me out of it every time. This is a big emotional moment. I'm like, no, do some research. You're wrong. But everything else is great. <laughs> they cut out, Andy, they cut out one of the best parts where they're talking about going to Ohio State in that movie. For when they broadcast it on TV. You know what I'm talking about, right? I can't believe, like, they left out Ohio State. But you know what I'm talking about, where they're like, oh, I want to go to Michigan. No, Michigan sucks. Go play for Woody Hayes. And like, yeah, let's go to Ohio State. Like that's great. That's great, and they cut it out for TV. That's it's a time thing that they take. Oh, uh, oh, and when it when it airs on on broadcast, yeah, oh, that's fun. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, sad I, because it's like the best part. That's the worst. Um, so my choice for my favorite football movie is The Replacements, and it's not. I mean, yeah, it's it's maybe more a Keanu Reeves movie than like an actual football movie, but I just. For whatever reason, I really enjoy every performance in that movie. Like, I really it's do. It's so like, good. It, Keanu Reeves, I, he can't emote, right? But that's fine. He doesn't need to emote. But for whatever reason, I he seemed to have actually gave a shit in that movie. And it's weird that he actually got really into the character. And then there's Gene Hackman, who never had a bad performance his entire career. Fantastic. You've got an Ohio State connection, obviously, with Shane Falco yes. being a Ohio State Shane quarterback. Footsteps Falco. Yeah, I just I don't know. There is something about like, look. Here's the reason why I like the replacements. I was not a good athlete. <laughs> I'm still not a good athlete. Let me let me let me be clear. But I was not a good athlete in uh, high school. I was at best a mediocre athlete in swimming and a bad athlete in uh, soccer. And the the pathos I think that that movie taps into about like failure and just being pissed off about not being able to accomplish something that I I think it I think it gives that feeling better than almost any other movie. It does such a great job of like portraying somebody and a group of people who just kind of suck at a certain point in their careers and then they don't suck, but like it, it shows what it does to somebody and it's. I, I don't know. For whatever reason, I just really appreciate that. I think it's pretty awesome. So I'm I a big fan. I love of that movie too. And I'm I'm I feel better now that I didn't put it on my list because I seriously <laughs> consider that because I that's another one of those movies that you know you're you're just flipping through the channels and it's on, you know, Showtime eight or you know, whatnot. And you're like, oh yeah, I'll stop and watch that. That's a, it's a fun movie. And I think it is. What this what this exercise had taught me as I was preparing for the show tonight is like sports movies in general can be so much fun. And there are so many sports movies that are are probably terrible movies that I enjoyed anyway, or that most people are like, that's really one of your favorite movies. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, because 
it was just very entertaining or you know there there were there's usually some good laughs maybe there's you know there's a heartwarming story or there's some like you were saying with the replacements like something you can identify with and a character arc right ah, it's, that, that, that's what it's all about i'm also a big fan of nigel gruff in the uh in the movie as well the, he's uh, such a great character he's hilarious yeah uh wiry yeah. Wir- wiry yeah <laughs> that's right I think that's where I learned that. That's where wiry. I first heard that term. That's yeah. probably where I did too, honestly. Yeah, it's wiry. Yeah, you got Orlando Jones. I don't know, man. Like, I just it, it's a fun movie. I enjoy it a lot. So that's 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 definitely my pick for uh, for best one. What's your what's your least favorite football movie? The one you're like, it sucks ass. I hate it. Well, so the, I I went through and I was I was struggling with. I I will be honest. I was really struggling with this because you, what I said a minute ago. Like, there are so many movies that I've watched that I think, oh. That's probably a terrible movie that I actually enjoyed watching at least the, sure. the at, at one point. And so I, I went with the remake uh, starring Adam Sandler of The Longest Yard, 2005 yeah. film that it felt like it had everybody and their sister in it making a cameo. You know, you know Burt Reynolds made a cameo, uh, you know, as as uh, the the old quarterback. And of course, it was funny because he was the quarterback in the right. original Longest Yard in 1974. Um, you know, John Leguizamo is in the film Nelly and his, his one movie that he was in, um, you know, I think Chris, Chris Berman is the play by play guy at the, and, and I think the reason I was like, this is going to be my pick in this slot is because it's so schlocky. Like a lot of these sports movies are hokey or kind of, you know, all shucks or corny, but the whole concept of this movie was so far-fetched and i think at time and maybe far-fetched isn't the right word but so far out there and you take um uh, james cromwell as the warden and like he takes himself <laughs> so seriously as the evil warden who is like literally going to shoot adam sandler in the right. back like i'm gonna murder you game. yeah yeah if the guy from the shawshank redemption wanted to have a pickup football game between the guards and the prisoners that was the reboot of the longest yard and from what I gather, and I'm not old enough to have seen this film when it came out, from what I gather, the 1974 classic actually was a pretty good little film and that, you know, Burt Reynolds, of course, played football at Florida State. And yeah. so, you know, Adam Sandler, not so much. Yeah, I. what's funny is, is that, that that seems to be one of those movies where Adam Sandler was like, all right, I'm just getting all my buddies involved. We're going to hang out. We're going to make a movie. But that was also before he realized he could just go to like Italy or Hawaii to do that exact same thing. So instead, they're like filming in like some garbage ass, like, you know, dirt lot. And then he's like, wait a minute, I could be somewhere much better. And then he went on to make basically the same kind of movie just without football, but in much nicer locales and then decided that that was a much more profitable use of his time. So, yeah, that movie sucks. That's it's it's bad for a lot of reasons, but it's 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 not. I don't know. There's no real fun to it. I do like actually the one thing I do enjoy about the movie is the beginning where he just has a horrific downward spiral and then lands in prison. And then everything after that is awful, but watching him just completely annihilate his life is kind of hilarious. Um, what, what, I, what did you have for your, your golden raspberry award? I, I hate the blind side. I hate that movie. Wow. You're so coming out with a hot take. Yeah, I know it made a, it made, I actually doing some research on this. It made over $300 million, which is not something I knew. I had no idea it made that much money. That is insane to me. Uh, Sandra Bullock got uh, an Academy Award for it. 
Um, but then you had like Kathy Bates in the movie, and she just Kathy Bates it up, like where she, just, you know, <laughs> you know what, she, you know, Kathy Bates. She busts into a movie. She does the same shtick every time. She was amazing in Misery because she wasn't doing that. But it's like I want to be the wacky lady, and then she kind of does that, and she's the tutor for Michael Orr. Football is the devil. Oh wait, wrong. wrong. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a different. That's a different wrong, Kathy Bates wrong role Kathy Bates in which football she, movie. <laughs> yes, in which I think she had a better part and maybe better acting in that movie that but great. we'll get to that one i hate the blind side for two reasons one it's just modeling garbage I, I i do not like the way it's shot or directed or any of this stuff secondly it makes michael Orr, who is like a pretty damn intelligent guy to be this like quiet lumbering lummox of a dude who doesn't know how to play football until this like white lady who doesn't know anything about football yells and says that's your family you gotta protect your family the quarterback's like your family and then he's like oh now i get it i can like you know pick up like a blindside block or something like that from a, a blitzing cornerback like it, it it drives me crazy that a it simplifies the game to football into something where this like white savior figure can basically teach this dumb black kid how to play and like a play that she just observes and she's like hey hey you know she's on the sidelines i hate that crap but more than that i also hate the fact that the entire movie simplifies all of this into this family drama instead of like the actual book the blind side is about the evolution of football and why michael orr's story is so important to the nfl and to how they pay players because that's really what the movie is about or what the book is about and the the movie discards all of that and it that's what drives me nuts i absolutely hate that because i think there's a really fascinating movie there um but it's not the one that they filmed so I, I don't know. Made a butt ton of money. Sandra Bullock got an Academy Award. Good for them. But I really, really wish they would have gone a different path that would have made much less money. <laughs> I mean, the other thing that I find really interesting about the film, and, and some of this have the benefit of hindsight, sure. um, because that's now, gosh, what, 11, 12 years ago since that, yeah. that movie was out, is, is looking you go back and look at the whole Michael Orr story and going to Ole Miss um, an NCAA uh, investigation and all this sort of thing. I mean, there's that whole situation was, uh, w was just a more than a little hinky, particularly when you look at uh, Hugh Freeze being his, oh, sure, uh, yeah. his, his high school coach and everything that happens. And that, I mean, they did, they did mention that in the film. I mean, there was the, the whole scene where he's waiting to find out if he can actually, play or not and the right. ncaa investigation but this is all kind of glossed over right. um and and there's a there's a whole big you know story there right and discussion to be had that was i think part of the book uh just how you know football has changed and developed and i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of story there but instead it's you know warm good warm feel good family drama film yeah i will say though to the film's credit um sandra bullock i i just i have a i have a an admitted crush on sandra bullock <laughs> and i don't know that my crushiest was ever um crushier than it was with that film she's just was delightful so she, but i hear what you're saying about the the, I mean, the story yeah she's fun in the movie it's just it's like she didn't play football she didn't you know she didn't tell the guy yeah i'm like, pretty sure michael or knew how to play football michael or knows how to play football because he's he's a football player and and yeah, yeah i know there was like well he wasn't able to do x y and z in in school and that's in part because the kid was like he had no actual schooling for a very long time so i just 
I don't know. It, to me, the movie just kind of blows and it's not fun to watch. And I think it could be really interesting. And there is a movie that I'm going to bring up later on, maybe not as part of this sequence, but it's one that I think is kind of the realization of the actual book, uh, at least in a different sport. And and I think it's, it's really good as well. So uh, what do you think is the most accurate depiction of football? On yeah, I, I struggle. I struggle with this one for a few different things because um you know, you're thinking about separating the the, the action and the cinematography sure, and yeah. the work on the field from the the story. Um, and as I was researching this, I was trying to like, okay, what were some of the where where the filmmakers really put a lot of work into? And I was reading some different articles, uh, people that have you know film critics on football movies, mm-hmm. and they mentioned um, the longest yard, which was kind of funny because I'd already put the longest the 05 version right. as one of my. Uh, you know, one of as my raspberry award there, but they talked about this particular reviewers. Like uh, it's, it's kind of a shame that the Oh five version was so bad because the 74 edition with Burt Reynolds, the football action was much more accurate because Burt Reynolds was a decent college football player. Right. Right. Back in, back in the day and, you know, rest, rest in peace, Burt Reynolds, the, the OG and, and made the bandit ride forever. That. Uh Yeah. He was a dude's dude. Right. So, uh, that one, the, the other one um, that I kind of thought was interesting was um, back to back to Varsity Blues. Like <laughs> I, the cinematography on that, I think was really good. I don't know that I thought it was the most accurate, but I like the cinematography for the on-field shots, particularly at night under the lights. Um, but but I'll go with I'll go with nineteen seventy four, The Longest Yard. Burt Reynolds, he's the dude. A lot what do you of got? people. Well, a lot of people say, and this is the thing because. You know, you watch a lot of football movies, and what annoys me is that the way a lot of them are done is just, you know, football is portrayed as this gladiator sport. So what they do is oh, yes. they over-embellish the hell out of it. And, yeah, some Slow crazy things. frames. Yeah, <laughs> and, and people doing triple flips in the air after getting hit and whatnot. And plays like that do happen, but, like, maybe once in a season. You know what I mean? Where like some Varsity Blues really amped that schlock up. In they the, did. Uh, in, in the scene, in the uh, the football montages especially. Yeah, they did. And, and there are two movies. I, I think – I actually think that um, – uh, your pick for best football movie um, is fairly good on that. I, I think they do a decent job of showing of, of football in action and, and whatnot. Uh, people say that Friday Night Lights, the movie with Billy Bob Thornton, I actually haven't seen that one, um, but that, apparently that one's supposed to be a pretty good depiction of, of football and particularly high school football. My pick for this was actually a movie that I don't think it's that great overall, but I think Rudy does a really good job, not necessarily of portraying like the games of football, because you really don't see a lot of it, but like the, the pain that's involved and the practices, yeah. it just, you see, you see all these practices from Rudy's eye vision, which, you know, is Sean Aston's playing. So it was like five foot five. And it's just people just getting ground into the dirt <laughs> over and over and over again. And there really isn't a whole lot of like breakaway, like tackles. It's just a bunch of guys getting messed up in the trenches. And I think that's an un, under-celebrated or underappreciated part of the sport. And I think Rudy does an excellent job of portraying the sprains and the, the you know breaking fingers and breaking noses and all that kind of stuff that goes with football that people don't really think about a lot. So I actually think that part of it, the cinematography when it comes to that football part and practice is really well done. 
Um, and then you see, you see the coaches like stalking the sidelines and they've got the observation tower and all that stuff. I just, I think that's really like authentic to what I've seen in football practices when I go to Ohio state or something like that. Um, cause they, they get beat up, man. You see all those bruises that they have. They're going to class just looking like they were in a prize fight. Um, I appreciate that. I think that's, that's worth it. I think it's worthwhile. I like that. I got a kick out of this. I'm glad you mentioned Rudy. Uh, I, I couldn't in good conscience put it down as, as my worst or least favorite film because when it first came out um, or, or when the first time I remember watching it, because I'm a sucker for inspirational type films or motivational speakers, like I got sure. the rah-rah and I was like, yeah, Rudy got to play, woo. But I got a <laughs> kick out of this as I was researching the, the, this uh, segment tonight. Um, a, a columnist named Sean Gentile at um, Sporting News in like 2016 wrote this piece, Why You Should Hate Rudy, the real worst sports movie ever. And it's well, this takedown of why Rudy is the worst movie. And I just laugh through it. It's, you know, his subheadings are things like, reason number one, I hate Notre Dame. <laughs> Two, well, Rudy was dumb. Three, Rudy was a mascot. <laughs> I'm going to interrupt you real quick, because if you want to read a hilarious takedown of the movie Rudy and why it's the worst movie ever, uh, there is a, uh, a a really esteemed writer that you might be familiar with named Donald Burns. Uh, he used to write I, for LovingWarriors.com, yeah. <laughs> and he has a review of the movie Rudy, which is one of the best things that I've ever read in my entire life. And I, I really, if you have not read it, and this goes for anyone within the sound of my voice, please do a search for DJ's uh, review of the movie Rudy, because it is, you, you got to put this in the show, just put it in the show notes. Uh, I will for, do that because yeah, I, I, I Googled that in a hot minute. And what, what is funny, what I think is hilarious is, is uh, DJ published that on the site literally two months before the sporting news column. I, uh, there you I, go. I was just referencing. So <laughs> now all of a sudden I'm like, Hmm, maybe take some inspiration. <laughs> and the best part about the DJ about DJ's review is that it ends with a, I think a video or a clip of him, uh, chucking a copy of Rudy into a dumpster. So that's pretty fun. Uh, if that's, that's awesome. still up, that might be, oh, he might've taken that down, but it's, it's pretty damn good. Um, nope, nope, it's there. It's there. Oh, excellent, good. Yeah. Okay, then that that's really the cap on a fantastic. Yeah, article. it's it's so everybody can read that. So if all right, so you know, go to go to the show notes, click on that, read it. You'll 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 be better off. One hundred percent. All right, so let's go to the wider world of sport and and film. And I just want to know, aside from football movies, what is your favorite sports movie of all time? I had no hesitation about writing this down. Hoosiers. You know, we were already praising Gene Hackman. Yeah um earlier for his work in the replacements and i you know if you called me up and, and said andy you want to come over and watch hoosiers i i will go i just that is one of those movies that i have never tired of watching um i, I don't know or care why i just think to me it is the quintessential sports movie and so when somebody at any time um somebody's ever mentioned sports movies or favorite sports movies that is the film that always pops up to the top of my list i, I love everything about it Hoosiers is weird to me because, and I I love Hoosiers. I'm not hating on Hoosiers at all. It's excellent. Um, it's weird to me because I start the movie every time thinking like I'm not gonna, I don't want to watch this. Like you know, and like I gotta sit through all. And then like every plot point draws me in a little bit more, and I enjoy it more and more and more as the movie goes on. It's one of those movies that I actually like the longer it goes on, and I and by the time it ends, I'm like mad that it's over as soon as it is. 
like they kind of like they, they go th- to me it feels like they go through the tournament and everything like faster than i want them to do it because i yeah. wanted them to dwell more with the characters and how they developed it because they do such an awesome job at like progressing these characters and finding more out like you find as as the viewer you find out more about them as the movie goes on and the more you learn the more you're like wow that's actually really interesting i want to know more about these characters mm-hmm. um yeah like the and they don't do the hokey thing with the players on the team like they they show their personalities through like how they play and interact with each other like during i don't know it's it's just a really tightly constructed movie um I don't know. That's a great movie. It really is. What's your favorite part of Hoosiers? Like, what's your favorite scene or your favorite, like... I mean, they're, everything... So one of my favorites, uh, I was just thinking about some of the, the different pieces of the film that I love. You know, Norman Dale saying, my team is on the floor. You yeah. know, and like, but coach, you don't... My team is on the floor. Like that, you know, that's one of those things that if I were a basketball coach, like I want to be hardcore like Norman Dale, you know, that kind of deal. <laughs> or um, the the uh, the whole deal with old boy doing the granny shots at the free throw never disappoints. You know that the the other one that I love is that when they walk into the gym for the tournament, and you know these hayseeds from Hickory have never been in a building this big in their lives. Norman right. with the tape measure, you know what? <laughs> Ten feet off the ground, and you know whatever the dimensions are, like that's gold. You know that's just that stuff's fantastic. When Jimmy comes back and he's going to play. You know that that scene. I mean, oh, yeah, that's sick. That's awesome. Winter, winter chicken dinner. Well, I gotta say, one, I think probably one of my favorite parts of the movie is um, everything with Dennis Hopper as shooter. And, oh yeah, and his his whole thing about. Um, I mean, obviously, he struggled with alcoholism and whatnot, but the interaction with him and his kid and all that stuff, like that, that I believe is really well done. And I also really enjoy that it's not like. It, it isn't they don't leave that plot hanging you know what i mean like they don't yeah. say like okay well he's they told him he's got to be sober so he's going to stay sober for the rest of the movie and everything's happy now because that that like normandale fixed that problem well like that's not what happens in the movie and i really appreciate that i think that's yeah. good I, I i think they they do justice to that story beat where in a lesser movie they would just kind of like say okay we're done here like we fixed the problem now let's move mm-hmm. on to something else uh, they don't do that, and I appreciate that they don't do that. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, it's a great movie. It is. It is a great movie. It's not the one that I picked as my favorite, but it's it's pretty high up there. I would. I would well, and 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 you know, you you hit the high notes. I I was reading Roger Ebert's um, take on this. You know, from '86, I think, when Hoosiers came out, and and you you got it. I mean, you agree with the, the great Roger Ebert. What makes Hoosier special <laughs> isn't the story, but the details and the characters. I mean, I think that's right. You know. It's you, you care about the people in the story. You're interested, even if you don't care, you're interested in the characters in the story. That makes a big difference in a movie. And and also it is like the most Indiana movie that I can possibly like just geographically, right? Like, I don't know where Hoosiers was filmed necessarily, <laughs> but, and actually I'll look it up. Let's see if we can find that because I got to tell you something. When I think Indiana, like I just have a still frame of like Gene Hackman, like out in the field, like by like that one of those wooden fences or whatever, where it's just like gray as hell and flat. And you're like, oh, my God, this is this is, in fact, Indiana. Like, this is exactly what I think of. Um, Everything about it just seems super authentic and true to life. And I just again, it's, you know, 
it's a sports movie and it's about a you know an actual state championship winning team so you're going to have those certain story beats but man it's 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 legit it's a really so you to answer your question so the town uh was new richmond indiana which is kind of in the west central part of the state um the gym uh for hickory high school now known as hoosier gym is in knightstown indiana um which uh so is is another small town and actually i think you can go visit the hoosier gym i think it's a like a community center and museum now which is which is fun um and i think then they actually used hinkle field house oh yeah i do remember that yeah as as the tournament scenes yeah and that's fantastic and like i said everything just feels like super authentic and i you know a lot of people love field of dreams i i like exactly one single part of field of dreams but i you know i, I like sports movies that give you a sense of location and field of dreams Hoosiers definitely they do that hey um, i love this foot and i, I got so because we enjoy laughing at uh ncaa um shenanigans so this little footnote from the wikipedia article about hoosiers is is funny um shortly after the film's release five of the actors who portrayed basketball players in the film were suspended by the ncaa from their (laughs) real life college basketball teams for three games because the ncaa determined that they had been paid to play basketball making them ineligible that's so stupid thank you ncaa we we appreciate you for benching the extras (laughs) unbelievable that's so good um, all right. So my favorite one is one again, like I like things that give a sense of place and time. And I think the Sandlot does that maybe better than oh, any wow. other baseball movie that I can possibly think of. I've seen a lot of baseball movies and baseball movies are kind of weird sometimes because they like, they, they tend to get a little overly sentimental because baseball is a slow sport and there aren't a whole lot of like, like, you know, what the giant thing is going to be in a baseball movie. You're going to have the bottom of the ninth, two outs, bases loaded. You know, this is for the pennant. You know, that kind of thing. People love that. Sandlot doesn't do that. Sandlot does a complete head fake on all of that stuff. And while the movie remains intimately about baseball throughout, they stop about two-thirds of the way through, and then it's a heist movie. And that's what I freaking love about it, because they... (laughs) For two-thirds of the movie, it's this hilarious uh, baseball movie about kids just playing baseball and enjoying the love of the game. And there's even a whole thing where, like, you know, the super rich kids in their nice field get their asses kicked by the kids who are just playing <laughs> birds. I love that. And, and then at the end of the movie, it turns into a heist movie where all these kids have their own little personalities and stuff, and they all have their little quirks. And what's best about that is that and then really, I don't know, I, I, you know, The Sandlot's still a kid's movie and it's silly and whatever, but I truly, genuinely appreciate that some of the kids who were just completely overlooked personality-wise weren't deemed to be important in the baseball parts, all of a sudden turned to be like the heroes of the heist parts, right? Where like the kid who, uh, God, who's the kid who puts together the, um, I think it's Timmy or Tommy, one of the kids puts together like the erector set to get all the stuff and he like is the he's the brains behind the entire thing to get the ball back from the beat (laughs) i love that because that kid didn't have one line before that and then turns into like one of the central characters the entire movie it's just it's fun as hell and then you you end it with the one kid actually going to the majors and then the kid who like you know he befriended and brought into the group is announcing and it's just a great great fun movie um 
it's a shame they cut out the part where they do uh, dip and then throw up on the tilt whirl or whatever <laughs> it is. <laughs> Vomit all over everybody. It's got a lot of bite for a kid's movie. And it's, I don't know. Like I said, it's just, it's fun as hell. It's, it's one of my all-time favorite movies for kids, period. But especially as a sports movie. There just isn't anything that I don't like about that movie. Um, you know, J- what, James Earl Jones... You got a dude playing Babe Ruth. There's there's just so much insane crap, and it's it's great. I love it. That's fantastic. It's a fun movie. It's been a long um, time since I've seen that movie, but just I mean, and it gave us the line, "You're killing me, Smalls." I mean, you know, it's one of the forever. Like I still say that, like in my regular life, I'm a 35 year old man. I say forever. Like it's just it's such an iconic, fun movie. Um, and I wish they made kids movies like that because now they it's just not sanitized really like i'm not saying like you know they don't make good kids movies anymore but there's dirt in this movie you know what i mean like kids get they get gross and they make mistakes and they do dumb stuff and they rag on each other and it all feels really natural and fun and i like it a lot um <laughs> when uh oh god my alta actually my favorite part of the entire movie uh, where Ham Porter hits the home run and he's like he's he's slowly lollygagging around the bases and he's knocking <laughs> his head off and he's just like waving his arms around like an idiot and they're all throwing their gloves at him and screaming at him because he, <laughs> he lost the ball <laughs> and he's just like ah, I know I'm the best you suck <laughs> it's just hilarious because that's what a little douchebag kid would do and it's yes. great that's yeah. that's that's what those are the moments that I really enjoy so that's a fun movie it. um that's that would be my favorite uh, non-football sports movies, and I, and I didn't, uh, I didn't list this uh, as my as my favorite. But when you said James Earl Jones and baseball, it took me right back to Field of Dreams. Yeah, and that's you the best know. part of Field of Dreams, by the way, where he has the baseball monologue and he says baseball. It, it is God, James Earl Jones. You know anything that dude's in, I guess I'm I'm, I'm there. And you don't, you know, it made me think like Kevin Costner did a lot of sports movies back in the day. <laughs> he did. Yes, he and did. I, you, I didn't really think about it. I saw it, 10 Cup you, at theaters, by the way. <laughs> 10 Cup, you know, my we we go every year. So this is uh we, we missed um my little brother's birthday it was a couple couple weeks ago. And every year for his birthday, now you have to you have to keep in mind. So my, my little brother is is a farmer through and through. Yeah. Um, you know, Wrangler blue jeans, pearl snap front, western type shirts with the sleeves cut out like Hulk Hogan cut out the sleeves of his tuxedo back in the day. Um, and you know, John Deere hat on all the time. Like that is a standard issue uniform every year for his birthday. We go play golf, uh, at, at a local golf course down home. And I kind of have belovedly dubbed it as the redneck classic because it's basically, um, a bunch of his friends and drinking buddies and, and we go and play golf. And so little brother references 10 cup in some way every year at the golf outing, you know, just call me out and be like, you, you want to go 10 cup? <laughs> yeah, let's go 10 cup. You know, and it's, that's funny. it's just, yeah. And that, that's a movie I haven't actually watched in 10 or more years, but it's funny because we reference that movie every year at the redneck classic. It's, that's it's a ball. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kevin Costner's been in a lot of them. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, so okay, so what's the word? What 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 is the one where you're like, I cannot, I cannot deal with this movie. This is this is this awful. is a movie that I actually liked when it came out, or like when I first watched it, and probably again because this is now, geez, twenty years ago, I suppose. Okay. And with time, I you couldn't I 
you could pay me to watch. It was Days of Thunder, Tom Cruise as a as an I NASCAR heard that driver. Was bad. I haven't seen that one, but I heard that was bad. I, I I don't know if it's if it's that it's that bad or just that I can't I can't deal with Tom Cruise in that role. Like there's some Tom Cruise movies like Cocktail. I'll go watch Cocktail again. Sure, yeah. uh, that's fun. Yeah, that, that's a fun movie. I just can't I can't sit down and do Days of Thunder again. It's uh yeah, gosh, that's hard to believe. It's that's 20 years ago. And and maybe maybe some of it is just because it was a very 90s film. Um, you know, just I think it took itself way too seriously. Uh there's you know the whole intrigue with you know an injury and you know the the whole thing about you know, rubbing his racing and 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 you're, you're drafting and uh the slingshot maneuver is the maneuver that finally wins the big race i don't know some of it i'm just it's pretty it, bad i, I can't i can't heard. i can't do it yeah i can't i By can't the way, do it anymore but gonna, gonna make you feel real bad uh days of thunder came out in 1990 that was in fact andy 30 years ago <laughs> yeah so all those um, math professors I had back in the day would be super impressed that I well, no, I'm just saying basic we're, addition we're and subtraction that was the issue. Is that was 30, 30 years old. It's been Holy a while. Smokes. Holy yeah. smokes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise is is uh, Cole Trickle, I think was the, which is a very you know that's a very NASCAR name. It is. Uh, uh, yeah. Good times, good times. What do you what do you got for us? Is uh, well, is it your least favorite sports film of all time? All right, so I, I think I think one of them just counts as like half a one because it's not really about this sport per se. Gone Fishing is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life, um, with Danny Glover and Joe Pesci, and they it's like there's a whole mob thing. Um, it's just bad, but they do do a little bit of fishing in the movie, but it's terrible. Uh, the the movie though that is centered entirely on a single sport though that I would say is actually like you know what I would call a sports movie that I hate is the Legend of Bagger Vance which okay if you haven't seen Legend of Bagger Vance don't go see the Legend of Bagger Vance or don't rent it or whatever uh, it's got Matt Damon Will Smith Charlize Theron uh, Bruce McGill who I really like actually it, you would think this could be a pretty good movie but it is just a slog i mean this this thing is like over two hours long and it feels like it's eight and it is just this it's supposed to be you know like i don't know a 1930s old-timey thing where will smith plays this magical caddy who helps you know uh or matt damon get you know his love life in order and it's just the whole thing is just agonizing to watch it is just the most boring lengthy crap when they finally get to this you know when they finally get to the uh the the tournament obviously because that's what the movie's got to end on and all that crap uh you're just bored out of your mind and the tournament itself lasts forever and you know it's <laughs> like it ends in an unpredictable way quote unquote but you don't even care by that point you're like fine like a meteor could hit that would be that would be fun like I, that would give me something to be interested in this movie um but there's nothing like there's nothing really like worthwhile, I guess. It is just I want to take a nap. Like it's basically it, it it's the movie equivalent. It's the it's the physical embodiment of taking a nap on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> except 
I saw it in theaters, so I was a captive audience. Oh, you paid money for <laughs> I didn't that. Leave because I was in high school and I went with some of my friends because we're stupid and we just made fun of it and threw things at the screen the entire time. So we um when, when we were kids, my my mother um had this habit of and it didn't matter if we went to the movies as a family or if we were watching something in the you know VHS deck at home mother would fall asleep fairly early in a movie and just nap for you know the remaining hour and 15 minutes or hour and 20 minutes whatever it was so our rating system as a family was that that rare time when mom didn't fall asleep in the movie you you know we said (laughs) that that must have been a hell of a movie like mom mom watched that so you're describing taking what you know this is this movie is the embodiment of taking a nap it uh, is. it's, it's like a hot sunday afternoon where like <laughs> you know where like you you don't have anything to do and maybe you have a day off the next day you know you should do something but instead you're like not doing anything you just take a nap and it's just like you wake up after three hours and you're like i didn't accomplish anything with that that wasn't fun that wasn't even fun I'm like kind of sweaty and annoyed. Like that's basically that's that's the legend of Beggar Pants. That that's how that movie is. My my honorable mention for for least favorite would would have been Rocky Five, which I thought you know was <laughs> that was terrible. And the, and actually, I wanted to have a quick thing about the Rocky movies. We we can do that right now if you want. Rocky Five is an awful movie where it ends with a street fight with what Tommy Gunn and Tommy Gunn oh. and his agents. They're like, we can't do this. And then, like for some reason, it's being broadcast in local television. Oh my god, that's awful! It, you know what? You know what Rocky Five reminds me of. So if you you remember the classic film Spaceballs, uh, yeah, which you know maybe is one of the best uh, you know parody films of all time. But but when they meet Yogurt, uh, <laughs> who is the the Yoda character, um, you know, played by uh, the legendary Mel Brooks. And, you know, he says, uh, he takes them over to the gift shop, right? right. <laughs> and we have the Spaceballs lunchbox and the Spaceballs this. And, of course, they're, you know, taking shots at Star Wars uh, catalog of merchandise. And uh, he says, and we'll all get together again for the sequel, Spaceballs 2, the smirch for more money. And that's right. what I think <laughs> of when you get to Rocky Five. It's like Rocky Five, the search for more money. <laughs> and look, Rocky Four is Rocky Four is literally like it literally has four mo- four musical montages in the movie. Uh, two of them are back to back, which is hilarious. But it's not a good movie, but it's at least an entertaining movie. Rocky Five is not entertaining at all. It's not interesting. It's not fun. It's just stupid. Like all the Rocky movies kind of have a hook, right? That are kind of of make it like interesting or at least attempt to make it interesting. Like Rocky one, obviously is the story of this underdog. Rocky two is, you know, him actually winning as opposed to losing the first one. Rocky three, I actually think is really underrated because Rocky's the bad guy basically for the first half of the movie, which I think is really cool because Clubber Lang he says like this guy's soft he doesn't like you know he doesn't appreciate what he's doing you're like yeah i guess that's true i guess that's actually exactly right because he is soft and he's you know beating up a bunch of tomato cans and all that stuff so clever lang's a good guy for the first half of that movie which i enjoy a lot um and then in rocky four they just turn everything up to a thousand percent and they've got you know the robot who's paulie's best friend now and you know the four or five musical montages (laughs) and of course the thing thing you have to say about rocky four in in fairness to the rocky franchise is like that is the that is the perfect cold war era 
like, oh, yeah. film, right? You, you know, change, and you could change. We could all change. I mean, it's you know that that by the way is an uncanny. You do an uncanny Rocky. That is fantastic. I do. Thank you. I appreciate. And, and so, but you know, no, coming out in 1985. I mean, like that's that's where we think about how many action movies came out in the 80s with this you know basic same basic setup. You know, it could have right. been boxing. It could have been submarine warfare. It could have been spy movie. <laughs> it doesn't right. matter. I mean, like that's it's right. the same basic setup. You. That's, that's why I laugh, you know, current events. I'm like, did people not grow up during the 80s? The Russians are always the bad guy. Like, if you right. watched enough movies in the <laughs> 1980s, you should Come just on. be indoctrinated forever. That, the that's Russians are always the bad guy. <laughs> oh so, God. Rocky IV is the perfect Cold War film. The, 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 the evil Soviet empire versus the plucky American underdog. You know. It's also the movie where they kind of just gave up completely on depicting boxing even remotely accurately and just have them <laughs> throw haymakers at each other the entire like the Rocky movies, even you know, Sylvester Stallone really gets a lot deserves a lot of credit for getting Rocky one made because of all the stuff that he went through and the fact that he you know like basically wrote the script and did all the funding, all that kind of stuff. It's fantastic. Yeah, and the story behind the making of Rocky is incredible. Um and by the way, I, I think a very good film. Oh yeah, no, it's an excellent movie, and it deserves all the praise that it, it got. I think I think it's legitimately a good movie. Um, but you know, he talks a lot about how he analyzed all these old boxing matches and he tried to make it look authentic. And Rocky One, they kind of do that. I mean, they they try at least. I mean, they want to make it entertaining, but you can tell how they they care a little bit about the boxing. Uh, and then just as the series progresses, they just get less and less interested in, in making it look semi-authentic. And then by Rocky Four, it's just like. These two incredible, by the way, other thing about Rocky Four that I love, that I love is that uh, they have uh, Ivan Drago, you know, roiding up and like being the product of, you know, Russian, you know, Soviet science and, and people doing it when, when clearly Sylvester Stallone and, and, uh, and uh, oh God, who plays Ivan Drago? The guy's name. Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren, thank you. So it's clear that both Sylvester Stone and Dolph Lundgren are both roided to the gills in this movie. Where, but but in the narrative, Rocky like gets all his strength and training from like moving logs around, whereas Dolph well, is yeah. like, well, they gave me a lot of drugs in Soviet Russia. Now I'm super strong, <laughs> which is hilarious because in real life, they're both like, you know, taking HGH and whatever else. So Rocky is all Rocky. natural, you hater, you. Rimbalone, they get all that stuff. The... <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I can't remember all the different. It's just chasing there. chickens. I mean, he's you know. That's right. That's right. That is all natural. Hearts on fire. It's so good. It's so. Good. I mean, that's the other thing that you love about '80s movies in general. '80s sports movies in particular. The musical montage. Oh I yeah. Mean, think about. Think karate about Kid. the musical. Mo that's exactly the one I was going to. Just think about the musical montages in the Karate Kid. I mean, that's. You know, you love those. Yeah, at least no, I do. I don't know. Child of the eighties that who I doesn't am. love it. It's sign me up. <laughs> uh, okay, last one, real quick. So, what it, what do you think is the most authentic movie uh, non football? I'm, I'm gonna con I'm gonna go contrarian here. I uh, I really enjoyed and and thought I felt like I was watching something that was even though it was a Disney film mm -hmm. um, was was relatively uh, accurate in how it portrayed the sport was Secretariat. Okay. Uh, one of my favorite films, you know, whether you want to consider that a sports film or not, I do. I think, you know, horse racing is, is a sport and I, I enjoy horse racing films. Um, the, the, there are a handful of, of ones out there that are, 
whether they're all good or not. Um, I, I enjoy them. Secretariat, I thought, was an excellent film and um, thought they did a pretty good job of portraying equine uh, sport. And I would go back and watch that movie again, for sure. Yeah, I think Secretariat's a really good choice, actually. And I thought about that one for this uh, for this category. I picked Invictus. Um, and granted, I'm not a huge rugby aficionado. I don't. I couldn't tell you, you know, if it was exactly true to life or whatever. But kind of the same way that Rocky showed all the bumps and bruises and, and what it was really like to be in the, you know, the mud and the dirt and the trenches of, of the sport. I think Invictus does a pretty good job at um, at doing that. And you got to balance a lot in that movie. I mean, there's there's a lot going on, obviously. Yeah. Uh, in the movie, or excuse me, the book that it's based on is something I think people should definitely read. It's called Playing the Enemy. And there, I, I think one of the things that they could have done a little bit better in Invictus, and this isn't a sport thing, but just a general uh, narrative thing, is um, so in in playing the enemy, they talk about kind of the culture of South Africa, and mm-hmm. as, especially the white culture of South Africa, and and how it was really rooted in a lot of this macho like showmanship. And uh, the guy, um, you know, who is played by uh, uh, by uh, Matt Damon, um, uh, Francois Pinar, I can't pronounce. I, I'm having a hard time pronouncing his name, but um, the Springboks captain. Uh, there's a, something in the book where they talk about when he was a kid, they were like having this like fight essentially, and he got beat up by a bunch of local neighbor kids, and they hanged him from a tree. They actually put him in a noose and hanged his ass. Uh, and it's, it's wild. And it was like, his family looked at it as like a, you know, a character building moment for him. Um, so there's, there's a lot of intensity associated with that book. And then everything, obviously, like I said, everything going on with the uh, socio-political aspect of South Africa and apartheid. Um, it's, to me, it's a really intense movie and intense story. And I think they do justice to the sport. Um, but you know, there I have some Kiwi friends. I have some uh, Australian friends who might beg to differ. So uh, maybe I'll have to check in with them and see what they think of the movie. Because rugby's rugby's a tough ass sport, man. It's it's a, it's a you got to be a tough sob to be able to be successful in that sport. That's no, true story. Um, so a couple of honorable mentions. What what are some what are some what are some uh, movies that you want to bring up that you didn't have a chance to? Yeah, the, so the other one is uh, thinking about uh, basketball films that I really enjoy and and can watch again and again. Um, you know, I listed Hoosiers as my my favorite non football sports movie. Um, Glory Road, I thought, was another a- outstanding basketball, and of course, you know, tells an important story as well. Um, we we talked about Field of Dreams, the other baseball movie, two baseball movies that I love, Major League. You know, Great that's movie, a classic. Yeah. That is that is a fantastic film. Uh, and and a league of their own. You know, we really um Here's a good one. I, I I enjoy that movie. You know, Tom Hanks, uh, there's no crying in baseball. I mean, that's just a that's a great line. And we actually so the the little tyke, um, seven years old, just finished first grade, actually watched we didn't watch the whole movie, but it was just on. We turned the TV on and it happened to be on whatever channel um movie channel was on. And we watched it and I thought, you know what, this is a really cool this is a really cool movie um for for young kids to watch, particularly young girls to watch, to see like, Hey, you know what? Yeah. You can play baseball if you want. That's cool. Because shouldn't sports be about all of us. And yeah. uh, I, I, she really enjoyed it, which I wasn't sure, you know, for a period piece like that, will a seven year old really enjoy a period piece? And she did. She really enjoyed it. Good. So 
I'm glad yeah, to hear that. Those are, there's a couple of great films, um, but you know how how different Major League, a League of Their Own, <laughs> very different films, both baseball films, very different. Well, films. <laughs> like I said, I was a, I'm a huge sucker for like the '90s kids movies. I really loved Rookie of the Year when I was a kid. Oh wow, I, yeah. I, you know, again, as as a kid who was not super athletic, I was like, man, maybe I'll get some kind of like debilitating elbow injury and then be able to throw at 150 miles per hour or something. Like that. It could happen totally. It's such a bad movie. It is such a bad movie, but I, I just I loved it when I was a kid. I love Cool Runnings. I saw Cool Runnings literally. This is true. Literally seven times in the theaters. Uh, there was a budget theater in Middletown that doesn't exist anymore. My parents would take us for like a buck fifty. They're like, "Oh, that's a Saturday afternoon. Let's do that." Yeah. We probably did that seven times. I know we did it at least six or seven times. Um, so that was pretty fun. Uh, Airbud. Airbud is not a movie I watched when I was a kid. It's a movie I watched when I was an adult, and then I wrote a stupid article about it on the Warriors. And it's a ridiculous movie. And half of it is about a clown that's really mean. Uh, <laughs> it, it's look, I wouldn't say watch Airbud um, because like you think it's a good movie. Watch Airbud because you've got like an extracurricular going on. You know what I mean? Like you've got a group of friends over, or you plan on doing a drinking game, or you just you know what I mean? Like Airbud is a movie that really I think is best enjoyed. Um, as as kind of an aperitif to say drunk like it's, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's really it's really kind of the the thing that you have in addition to uh having fun so i don't there, know there it's, are by the way like a dozen films in this no i'm sorry 14 films in this franchise because after the original five air bud films then yeah. there are seven in the Air way, Buddies quick, series. Just so we're clear on this, <laughs> Air Bud is the basketball. Air Bud Golden Receiver is obviously football. Air Bud World Pup is soccer. soccer. Air Bud Painting Fetch Baseball. Then, of course, Air Bud Spikes Back, the least loved of the series, unfortunately, is volleyball. But you said Air Buddies. Have you seen any of the Air Buddies? No, 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 no. no. I don't. <laughs> As yeah, a- I mean they they crank these out like i guess these focus on the puppies yes and they which and the pup- i'm like oh puppies are cute that's great but we direct to videoed like every year from yeah. 2006 to 2013 and let yeah. me read you some of the titles yeah, <laughs> snow buddies space buddies santa buddies spooky mm-hmm. buddies i wonder what that one's about <laughs> treasure buddies super buddies yeah. And then of course you have um two Santa Paul's films which are Christmas themed prequels to the film Santa Buddies, the 2009 <laughs> classic. I'm glad they're prequels because I I don't want like more plot like getting mixed up in my brain. T- 2010 The Search for Santa Paul's when Santa is in trouble, Paul's, which I assume is one of the puppies, has to save Christmas with the help of some friends. And then Santa Paul's 2 The Santa Pups is when the Christmas spirit begins to disappear. Mrs. Claus and the Santa Pups must race to save Christmas around the world. Yeah, that's not about sport. It's BS. Also, the good, dogs good talk. Times. The buddies talk, and that's yeah, not, sure. that is yeah. not my Air Bud. That is not the Air Bud I know. Air Bud I know is just a normal dog with extraordinary yeah. sport <laughs> ability. So, mm-hmm. uh, I really like Moneyball. Moneyball is the movie that I was talking about when I said that oh, yeah. it's uh, like a good version of The Blind Side. Mm-hmm. Uh, now again they they really do a good job at you know making billy bean this hero who again billy bean is an important figure in baseball's history but 
there are other guys who are doing similar things and probably deserve a large amount of credit as well. Um, but just the inner workings of baseball, you get a great performance, actually you get two good performances. You get one from Jonah Hill, who I think does a really good job as kind of a mm-hmm. positive character. And then uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman as Art Howe um, as a baseball manager, I think does an excellent job. Basically just channeling every baseball manager who ever lived, um, which I really enjoy quite a bit. And then you even have a young uh, Chris Pratt, a Scott Hatterberg, who was for a while a decent uh, player. And then, you know, a guy, David Justice is a player who makes a, a, like, you know, a person playing him. He was a fun player for a long time. So I think for baseball nerds, there's a lot to appreciate about a money ball. And it's got a good script. Aaron Sorkin wrote it. Um, Yeah. I think it's a good movie. Uh, another movie about kind of the inner workings uh, is The Damned United. I've talked about that before. Raging Bull, great, um, you know, obviously a really great boxing movie. Uh, comedies, you got Happy Gilmore, you know, you've got The Water. Oh, Boy. yeah. I, I, those are fantastic. Those, those are two of my favorites right there. Uh, last one I want to mention before we get out of here, though. This is one that I think maybe deserves uh, a little bit more recognition. Uh, from people who haven't seen it because I, you know a lot of people will focus on these on these movies that are like wow i can't believe this movie got made this is like insanely ridiculous this is super terrible or whatever uh people don't talk about over the top enough um there you go <laughs> movie. speaking uh, of sly yeah and look okay so here's the main premise of over the top over the top is about a guy named lincoln hawk that is his name h-a-w-k his first name is Lincoln, like Abraham Lincoln, Lincoln Hawk, by Sylvester Stallone, yeah, who's a long haul truck driver who is trying to win back his son, uh, his son's affection, and he also becomes a champion uh, arm wrestler. And nobody has sleeves in the entire movie. No, um, his son is the skinniest kid who's ever lived. I mean, he's literally just like a walking skeleton, but he's like flexing on pretty much everybody at the end of the movie. Uh, there's a number of really great arm wrestling sequences, mostly because it's it's hard to like make arm wrestling dramatic, um, at least <laughs> in a realistic way. So they do it in a completely unrealistic way. And Lincoln Hawk has a special uh, technique, which is where the movie gets its name from, where he goes over the top with his hand. So while they're arm wrestling, he readjusts his grip and he goes over the top of his opponent's knuckles and then just slams them on the ground. But you really know when Lincoln Hawk is getting serious when his hat goes backwards. So when his hat's forwards, he's a mere mortal. When his hat is backwards and it goes over the top, he is an unbeatable arm wrestling machine. Um, and they have them arm wrestle these guys who weigh like 800 pounds and are like seven feet tall. And Sylvester Stallone, who's like, like you know, he's not a tiny dude, but he's still like five foot seven. Uh, you know, is still arm wrestling these guys who clearly would not be losing to him ever. Um, it's it's a legit movie and uh, a good double. It's it's a road trip movie and it's a good double billing with The Wizard actually uh, with. Um, what's his face from uh, the wonder years where he goes to a video game tournament. It actually is a very similar, they're two very similar movies. I have never thought about that particular comparison, but you, you may have me there. They really, they, they're both about like the American West. Um, Yeah. I, I really think that uh, those are, that's a good double feature. So over the top. 
you know, you were talking about, we were talking about Kevin Costner earlier being in a lot of, of sports movies. Yeah. Um, and as I was looking at the cast for over the top, I'd forgotten that Robert Loggia was in that <laughs> film. And I'm, I'm like, there was another guy that later, you know, in life, uh, felt like he was in a boatload of sports movies. He was in, um, Oh, he was in a football movie. Um, but, but what was the one where Kat, Necessary Roughness, where yeah. Kathy Ireland plays the kicker? Right. And, and I feel like he was in a couple other um, like sports movies. He just plays that that kind of gruff, you know, assistant coach type position. Yeah. So that's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, the movie with George Mirasan is My Giant with Billy Crystal. There you go. Nice. Um, couple of the movies, I mean, we didn't, you know, there's so many movies. We didn't mention, like, you know, uh, Space Jam, obviously, is crazy, important, and hilarious. Hoop yeah, when, are we, when, are, when are we getting the reboot of Space Jam? I don't know when that's going to happen. I think that's going to be weird. I mean, I like LeBron James, but I don't, I, don't, I don't know if he has the juice that Michael Jordan did at that point in time. Um, you know, Hoop Dream, we didn't talk about documentaries, and that we could take forever doing that, but, you know, White Men Can't Jump. I feel like that's a whole separate... <laughs> like thing right yeah, yeah like documentaries like are the 30 for 30s or you know that there's there's sports movies as entertainment versus like really great sports documentaries because there are some fantastic or i think i've said the word fantastic like 27 times in this episode so those of you yeah. playing the dubcast drinking game my apologies uh that uh the documentaries though there's some really good ones we could do a whole episode just on sports documentaries absolutely um so hey i hope you enjoyed this dubcast there obviously are movies that we missed that we didn't hit uh if you want to talk about them send us a send us an email send us a tweet to dubcast at 11 warriors.com talk about it in the comments um i i had a lot of fun with this one this was really good we'll have to we'll have to think of another way to weasel in some more sports movies later on uh, but yeah, this is a good one. I, I enjoyed this quite a bit. Thank you, Andy, for all of your help, uh, you know, parsing through all these things. Likewise. So we'll get back to normal, you know, unfortunately non-sports movie related things next week. But for now, I'm Johnny. I'm Andy. And we'll see you next time.